Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and a welcome to all of you guys that are listening via Sports Map Radio as well as I know that we have added so many great affiliates, and we've got another great one out there in the great state of Arizona. If you're out there in Phoenix listening to the Sports 1600 KDUS, well, you're listening live to the best sports betting news and information from the sports betting capital of the world. That is out here at lovely Las Vegas. Welcome to the VEASAN family and the Greg Peterson experience. And mentioned this a little bit earlier, but welcome all of you guys out there in the great city of Appleton, Wisconsin, listening on the game, whether you're in Appleton or Oshkosh, 95.3 and 99.1 as well. So great to have you guys all aboard. And here in hour number three of the Greg Peterson experience, we've got a tremendous hour for you. Going to lead off with a little college basketball. It's a bit more of a barren card, but as I always like to say on this show, Value is value, whether you're finding it on the title game in college football, which we're going to be hitting upon later on this hour as well, whether it's the NFL playoffs, whether it's a mid-afternoon game in August when it comes to Major League Baseball, another sport that I love to be able to handicap when that's in season, or if it's added games in college basketball, money is money. So we're going to hit a little college basketball here. In 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by... A pair of great guests as Megan Payton does a great job over at Wager Talk. Albert Wynn, amazing work as the analytics capper. They're going to be joining me, putting a bow on week 18, turning it forward to the NFL wildcard weekend. And 
We'll see if they've got anything in terms of the national title game that is going to be going down between TCU and Michigan as well. So we are all locked, loaded, ready for bear. And we already previewed my DK Nation pick for college basketball last hour. I'm going to be hitting that in the final segment. So we're going to wrap up the show with that. If you missed that for one, visa.com slash podcast, you're able to get every hour of this show along with just all of your favorite visa shows. And on top of that, you're able to catch just what I all like in terms of the last hour of college basketball as well. But that said, let's take a look at some interesting games on this college basketball card as this is a team that I don't think that you should sleep on on the Patriot League. 306, 679, 306, 680. Army is going to be playing us the Colgate. Colgate is a six and a half point favorite. Your total on this game is 152 and a half. And with Colgate, this team ranks in the top 20 nationally in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. They are a machine when it comes to shooting threes as they're making right around 42% of their threes. But that said, they are a little bit more of a low tempo team and they leave quite a bit of something to be desired on defense. With Colgate, they rank right around 275th in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. And I mentioned this last hour and I will mention this once again. I do think that it's very important to take a look at these extra games and realize that if you're not seeing these on the board at the book that you use the most, some of these come up at the AM. And by added games, I'm talking about games that involve teams from the MIAC, the SWAC, the Big South, the Patriot League, the Northeastern Conference, and the Atlantic Sun, along with the Big South. Those are the seven conferences that typically you might not find a number overnight on, and then they get added up there in the AM, which is why... They call them extra games. They just involve teams that are in smaller conferences in general. It could be a little bit unfortunate, especially when you've only got two games on the normal board in IUPUI, Robert Morris, and Oral Roberts versus New Mexico. But that said, we continue on as with Colgate. I do think that they're starting to get up a little bit too lofty now that they're a six and a half point road favorite. The max I was willing to lay with them is five and a half with Army. As you can tell, it's a little bit of a disciplined team, and Army has been able to do a relatively solid job with their offense as well. It is an Army team that, from time to time, they can have their lapses on defense, but they've been able to buckle down a little bit with that regard. And with Army, it's a team where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. They have one main facilitator in Jalen Rucker that does a good job giving out three assists, 13 and a half points per game out of the guys are surrounding him like a Chris Mann, like a Colaten Benson, but Rucker, 15.5 points, more around 4.5 rebounds per game. And when it comes to Benson, he shoots 41% from three-point range. Ethan Roberts has been able to shoot 41% from distance as well. And you've got a pair of teams that they've got pretty much four to five top-flight starters that are able to average double figures. With Colgate, many more of these guys are able to do it from the outside as the main guy for them has been Tucker Richardson. Richardson is one of the more underrated players in all of college basketball. He plays in the Patriot League, so he doesn't get as much love as some of these guys that are at bigger schools, but he's been able to put in there in the neighborhood about 15 to 16 points per game. Shoots over 40% from three-point range, and, and Colgate as a whole, a top-five team in terms of that three-point shooting percentage, but they need to get a little bit more down low, which is the reason why I can't lay the number here. You've got Keegan Records. He's been able to deliver for the team just below six rebounds per game, and You've been able to have Jeff Woodyard also be able to put in there right around five rebounds per game. Oliver Lynch-Daniels, he's back from last season. And Oliver Lynch-Daniels shot a smoldering north of 54% from three-point range a season ago. That led all qualifying D1 players, and he's back at it shooting a paltry 46% from three-point range. But I do think that 
the uh, overall defense of Colgate is going to cost them a cover in this spot. And with Colgate, they are going up against an Army team that they play at a, about a middle tempo. They're outside the top 150 in terms of positions per game. And for Colgate, even though they've been able to do a good job of getting to 80-plus in so many of their games, it is not as if this is a super-duper fast team or anything like that. In terms of total possessions per game, Colgate is outside of the top 225. So you've got two rather slow controlled teams in this game. As a result, I did set my total at a 152. So yeah, 152.5, I'm going to be willing to dive under. And with Army getting 6.5 or more, I'm going to be willing to take the points. A team that I think should be favored in their game, and they're currently an underdog, that is Howard. This is 306.685 through 66.86. Maryland Eastern Shore, the home team, is a three-point favorite over Howard. Toronto's game is anywhere between 134.5 and 135.5. And this is a really interesting ordeal because the lifeblood of Maryland Eastern Shore is being able to generate turnovers. They get about 10 steals per game. They've got a whole is greater than the sum of its parts approach. But where Maryland Eastern Shore really falls short is that they only have one guy that's able to give you north of four rebounds per game, and that would be Nathaniel Pollard. Now, Nathaniel Pollard has been able to do a rock-solid job for this team. He's able to chip in there right around 10 points. He gives you seven rebounds per game. But for Howard, I think that they present a matchup nightmare with their versatile six foot ten gentleman in Steve Settle the third. Settle's been able to give you 11.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, only shooting for the year about 27% from three-point range, but he's ramping that up. Recently, chips in there a seal per game, and then Elijah Hawkins. If he's able to take care of the ball, Howard should be able to get there rather easily. The 3.8 turnovers per game, a little bit unsightly, but he delivers 13 points. He shoots 45% from three-point range. And then you've got Jordan Wood, a 6'9 combo player that shoots 38% from three and a half points per game. And Howard's starting to get back to their roots. Howard just really at their core under Kenneth Blakeney. They always like to play up-tempo. They always like to be sort of playing with their hair on fire. Maryland Eastern Shore. They're a more slow and controlled team. Maryland Eastern Shore currently 270th in the country in terms of possessions per game. I noticed earlier in the season, especially when Hawkins, who I just mentioned, was dealing with an injury, Howard had to slow down. They're currently, as a result, more around 110th in the country in terms of possessions per game. But since they have been kicking up the tempo, they've been able to play quite a bit better. And this is a Maryland Eastern Shore team that they've only got one guy that's averaging more than 10.5 points per game. That'd be Kavon Voles. And Voles, along to Sean Phillip, they combine to be able to give you about 22.5 points per contest. Neither of these guys do a great job on the glass, but Bulls has been able to give you two seals per game. You got Zion Styles who's been able to chip in there about a seal and a half per game. He gives you four and a half rebounds, 10 points per game, but it's a Maryland Eastern Shore team that, while they do a tremendous job of being able to generate these seals, they do turn the ball over right around 13 and a half times per game themselves. That is a little bit costly. They get beaten on the boards. They pull in about two and a half rebounds per game fewer than their opponents, and when it comes to Maryland Eastern Shore, they just don't necessarily have a lot of firepower to be able to get to the free throw line as well. They're one of the worst teams in all of college basketball at being able to just generate contact. It's because they oftentimes do have to settle for threes. They don't necessarily have a lot of size, and that's where I think Howard is going to be able to win this game. I like Howard outright in this spot. I set them as a very slight one-and-a-half point favorite, and it's a good old something's got to give in terms of this tempo. Maryland Eastern Shore, they're looking to play slow. They're looking to play controlled. Howard, they're looking to play a little bit faster. Typically, I always lean a little bit more towards the under in this spot because it's a little bit easier to slow down a fast team rather than speed up a slow team. And for Maryland Eastern Shore, they've just had a relatively rough time of it in general of being able to put points up on the board. If you take out the games that they have played against non-D1 opponents, 
They've been able to exceed 70 points in regulation just once this season. So it is something that I think could be very costly in this spot. And when it comes to Maryland Eastern Shore, just a situation where I do think that they are going to be having a little bit of a difficult time matching up with the versatility that you're going to have of Howard. So I do like Howard outright on the money line. Set my total at a 133.5, so I'm diving under. This is really the only other game that we've got on the normal Las Vegas betting board for the college basketball slate on Monday. This is 879-880. Robert Morris, they play us to IUPUI. And IUPUI, if you say it all together, it says Iwipui. And they are a 16 to a 16 and a half point underdog. You'll find out why they're called EWPUE. And their total on this game, anywhere between 128 and 129. IUPUI in the bottom 100 in terms of possessions per game. And this team just flat out sinks with their offense. 16 turnovers per game. They've got really one guy that's able to give you double figures. They are hoping for Sam Houston State transfer Bryce Monroe to be able to help out this team. He came back for four games at Thanksgiving and then he got hurt once again. They've got one guy that gives you north of four rebounds per game, and they go up against a Robert Morris team that, as in my opinion, one of the most underrated players in all of college basketball, Enoch Cheeks. He's been able to do a good job being able to deliver 15-plus points. As a matter of fact, he's scored at least 15 points in each of the last five games. He chips in their five-plus rebounds. He gives you a steal and a half, a block and a half per contest while shooting north of 40% from three. Robert Morris has really been able to play a little bit of better basketball. I recognize that 16 and a half is a tough Number delay, but IEPUI, they're also in the bottom 50 in terms of defensive efficiency as well. So I set my number at 17.5. I'm willing to lay up to 17 with Robert Morris, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under with one of the worst offenses in all of college basketball. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by two of the best. Megan Payton of Wager Talk, along with Albert Wynn, the analytics capper, to take a look at the NFL wildcard slate here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Nicotine Pouches, which is the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine pouches are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for, but Nicotine Pouches, they might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest you at Zyn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com today. And warning that this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by our two guests. We've got Albert Wynn. You know him better as the analytics capper. And we've got Megan Payne, who does great work at WagerTalk. And both of you, it is great to have you aboard. And I will start with you, Albert. What did you make about the two really win to get in games with the Jaguars not looking impressive, but got the job done to be able to get into the playoffs as they were able to take down the Tennessee Titans and that the Packers, well, they didn't look impressive and they did not get the job done. And now they are going to be making tea times. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. Um, excited to be on. It's, it's football. It's NFL playoffs. You can't get any better than that. I would like to pat myself on the back. I got both of those win and in games nice. uh, correct. Yes. Uh, I like the, uh, you know, I thought I thought it was a close game. I like the dogs on both games, and uh, and both cash from a, a from a spread standpoint. The game tonight was super interesting. It felt like the Green Bay Packers didn't have that much sense sense of urgency, especially in that fourth quarter. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with me or not, but it it felt like they they thought the game had already been won. And, and so when, um, you know, when the Lions scored Jamal's, Jamal Williams' second touchdown, it didn't seem like they were, you know, that desperate or that urgent uh, to get the, the score back. But with that being said, I thought the games were great. I love seeing a team, especially the Lions, who really, for all intents and purposes, didn't have much to play for, but they still went out there and gave it 100%. They won it for fourth on fourth down on several occasions. They had an amazing, you know, hook and ladder play on third and long there late in the fourth. It's great to see. I'm just excited that 
the players really, uh, you know, played for Dan Campbell. Yep, I agree with you there. And I do think that the NFC is going to be a fascination. And Megan, I do feel like we've lost out a little bit with the Packers not being able to make the playoffs because give credit where credit is due to the Seattle Seahawks. But regardless of if the Lions or the Packers have won that game, I felt like either of them would have been a more formidable opponent in the wild card round. And I do take a look at the NFC and just very interested to take a look at this entire conference because the Eagles, I would say, are maybe that most dominant team, but I like the way that the 49ers have looked too. Yeah, it's a, it's a competitive uh, conference right now, and it's also a very open conference. The Eagles you just mentioned have been great, but we're seeing how reliant they are on Jalen Hurts. It's not this dominant Philadelphia Eagles team when he's not in there. He's back today. Of course, week 18, I think it's just hard to kind of grade because whether you're playing for a spot or whether you're benching uh, Eagles were playing for that number one seed, which they got right now, though, I'm all in on the 49ers. I mean, 10 straight wins in a row, five and zero start for quarterback Brock Purdy, rookie mystery relevant. That's kind of the cool story here. I just, when you look at the teams that are most complete on all phases of the ball, the San Francisco 49ers to me are that team defensively on offense. Elijah Mitchell's back. They just seem to be the team that you can't beat. Yeah, with the 49ers, it does feel like they just have two of everything. One guy goes down right. and, oh, you know what? We can just plug in this guy. I mean, where did Mr. McLeod come from? I mean, it's just been so interesting right. with them. And I take a look at what we're going to be getting in the wild card because with the 49ers, they did their part being able to get the win against the Cardinals and took them down in convincing fashion. They needed a loss from the Eagles to be able to get that one seed. So they're going to be playing here in the wild card weekend. And they're one of the biggest favorites on the board. They and the Buffalo Bills are between about 10 and a half to 10-ish point favorites. And what do you make out of this 49ers versus Seahawks game? Because I take a look at this number of 10, and it's one that I'm not really jonesing to lay, and I will throw this at you, Albert, first. But at the same time, we saw the 49ers completely dominate the first two matchups in this one. Yeah, the beauty of, of Super Wildcard Weekend um, coming up, Greg and, and Megan, is all six games are rematches, right? Some right. of them are divisional games, um, but we're having a rematch for all six of them. This one was a more recent one. Obviously, Seattle and San Francisco being in the same division, they play twice every single year. 49ers went 2-0, but the most recent matchup, and this is with uh, Brock Purdy at the helm, who Megan alluded to, is undefeated as a rookie quarterback um, you know, they played back on December 15. The 49ers won 21-13, and they're bigger favorites, um, you know, heading into this weekend um, as 10-point favorites. With that being said, guys, I know that San Francisco, when we're looking at recent form in the NFC, I think they are not only the best team coming out of this conference, but they just they have the, the best belief. I think they really, really buy into what their coach is saying as well. But with all that being said, I have a lean to the Seahawks, guys. I think I, I believe in, in Geno Smith. I think he's really, really taking advantage of these opportunities, of these moments this later in his career. And he understands, you know, going getting into the playoffs and getting to the postseason is actually a very rare feat. And I think he's going to be able to take advantage. I don't know if they're going to win outright because usually when I like the dog, I'm going to lean them on the outright money line as well. San Francisco is just so strong. Their, 40, their defense is, is dominant. Uh, with that being said, though, I think 10 points is too much, especially for a divisional rival game. And what I think is so interesting as well is that this is going to be the third matchup 
the old narrative is it's hard to beat a team three times. So I pose this to you, Megan. If I take a look at recent form of these teams, I am laying the 10. No fans are brought so out with the 49ers. That one thing, though, pops into my mind, and it's right now the only thing that's given me trepidation with buying into the 49ers laying 10. Yeah, I'm with Albert here. I don't think I can lay 10 points with the Niners as much as I just hyped up Brock Purdy, this whole San Francisco offense. 10 points is a lot, especially when you're playing a team that you know really well. Uh, Albert mentioned both teams being in the NFC West. They play each other twice a year. Yes, San Francisco has won both times this regular season. It's hard to win three games in a row in one season. I still feel like the Niners can do that. 10 just seems to be a bit much, though. When you do look at one set, though, the Niners are first in uh, points allowed per game. Meanwhile, the Seahawks are 25th. I still think we need to credit Pete Carroll, what he's done. Kenneth Walker, what a great story he is running back there in Seattle, who's been extremely great with Rashad Penny going out earlier this season. I like what Seattle's been doing. They've been a great story, but the Niners are going to win here. I'm not going to lay the points with them, though. Yep, I can't blame you there because I do think that the third time around the Seattle Seahawks, they know exactly what they're going to be getting because, as it was mentioned, they did see Brock Purdy last time in. I believe that they saw all three quarterbacks of the 49ers because I think against them, Trey Lance actually got hurt. So they've seen all three of the quarterbacks. All they, I think they, I don't think Josh Johnson played against them, but if right. Josh Johnson saw some off up duty, but then they've really gotten the entire San Francisco 49ers experience. But and said, this is a Greg Peterson experience right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And another game that is just a fascination as well. We just saw this one a few weeks ago. I'll throw this one at you first, Megan. The Giants and the Minnesota Vikings, with the Vikings being a three-point favorite because with the Giants, they completely rested all their guys against the Eagles, and they very nearly made a charge late to be able to win that game against the Eagles. Meanwhile, you got a Vikings team that... They were sort of half in. They did give Kirk Cousins some opportunities in that one. Where do you stand on this game? This is my upset pick of the week, early pick of the week. Oh I'm taking Giants money line here. The Giants are a well-coached team, and credit to the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell, everything that they've done there in Minnesota this year. But the culture that Brian Dable has created in New York in such a short amount of time is enough to convince me that New York can go and get it done in Skull Town in Minnesota, Daniel Jones had over 300 passing yards just a few weeks ago when these two teams played. And though they didn't get the win against Minnesota, it was a close one. They won the box score. You go and look at all those stats, you know, whether it's Saquon, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones rushing. If they can play like they did in the regular season against the Vikings, I think it's a different outcome. And I don't expect anything different in this New York team. And Albert, we've got about a minute here. Where do you stand on this Vikings versus Giants game? Because I do think that's one of the most fascinating of the week. And I just look at this number of three and it feels correct. At two and a half, I'm willing to lay it with Vikings. At three and a half or more, I'm willing to take it with the Giants. Yeah, so full disclosure here, I've been fading the Vikings a lot the entire season. I just think there's a lot of value, uh, especially uh, when you go into Minnesota because people think that home home field advantage is a little more overrated than it, than it really is. But Megan is absolutely right. Their their matchup on December 24th, Christmas Eve, the Giants dominated that box score over 440 yards of offense, while the Vikings only had 350, somehow won the game, also lost a turnover battle, uh, two, uh, uh, two turnovers there. With that being said, guys, I'm actually going to go a little against Megan here. The Giants are hot. They've covered four straight games. 
Um, they're 13 and four against the spread the entire season. I'm gonna fade that. I'm gonna fade the the public dog here. I like the Vikings minus three at home. I'm gonna see if I can get a two and a half, and then I'll be in on the Vikings. And coming up next, we're in for the national title game in college football, and in on some AFC playoff action as well. Next on the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you are looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, the VSN experts have you covered. Become a VSN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSN Cholos and guests. Tools like our betting splits have let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. DPI betting reports, VSN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe today. And for just $9.99, you're able to become a part of the sports betting network. And that is at vcin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vcin, the sports betting network. Great to be rejoined by Megan Payton. Does great work over at Wager Talk. And likewise for... For Albert Wynn, he is the analytics capper himself. And we're going to get back to the NFL playoffs here in a minute. But on Monday, we've got a title that is going to be awarded in college football. It's TCU. It's Georgia. Georgia, the 13-point favorite with a total between 63.5 and 64. And I see Megan, if you're watching on Visa.com, she is making the frog sign. And for those of you guys that are watching as well, you're going to notice she's from a little bit of a different location as she's not out in our normal home base. Megan, I believe that you've got a little bit of a different look at this game. So take me through what you're taking a look at in terms of this national title. Well, if there's one game that I'm going to say, hey, bet responsibly. And, you know, maybe just know that I have a little bit of heart in this game. Uh, my brother <laughs> is in the scouting department over at TCU. So we are all frogs. So I'm voting all frogs money line. It's going to be a great game. I mean, we were just talking off air how great these last two games were last weekend, so I'm just hoping for another like awesome game. But I don't know if we can top the TCU Michigan one. It was going to go down in like history as one of the best uh, college football playoffs. But I will say this: we can get into the logistics of why Georgia might win or whatnot. There has not been a back-to-back champion since 2014 in the college football playoff era. There has not been a back-to-back champion. So maybe that's a little bit of good juju for TCU as they take on the Georgia Bulldogs Monday here at SoFi. Yep, this is going to be an absolutely amazing game. And Albert, I know you're based out there in the great state of Texas. What are you taking a look at in TCU versus Georgia? Because I personally think that 13 is a little bit too lofty. But honestly, what I like the most in this game is the under. After two lackluster performances from Georgia, I think that they're going to get back to that hard-nosed defense that we've seen all season long out of them until these most recent two games. Yeah, so I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I have a lot of friends and family that went to TCU. I work with a, a bunch of Horned Frogs on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to say something that's not too offensive, but I am <laughs> on Georgia, guys. I'm going to tell you guys why. If you want to bet TCU, I think the money line is the way to go because I don't think it's going to be a close game. But if you want to get value, if you want to get a long shot, I think TCU money line is good. But the the reason why I like Georgia, uh, yes, Greg is right. Georgia's defense has been great all year except for the last two weeks. They gave up over 460 yards to Ohio State. They gave up 549 yards to LSU. Uh, but we know that they do have an elite defense. 
They're basically too deep on every single position on a defensive side. I think what troubles me when it comes to TCU is actually TCU's defense. They gave up 528 yards to Michigan a week ago. They gave up 501 yards to Baylor. Georgia is not Baylor, guys. Georgia has a really good offense. Uh, it has a you know Heisman Trophy finalist in Stetson Bennett. Um, giving up 500 yards to Baylor is not the best look. That's what scares me when it comes to TCU. I think Georgia is going to be able to move the ball around a lot, and there's going to be too much on Max Duggan's plate. I'm a big Duggan fan, one of the grittiest players in college football, and the fact that he has TCU at this stage is already incredible. I just don't think it's going to be enough to win tomorrow or even cover. I think that it's going to be a good national title game, and I do think that Georgia gets the job done. I think it might be so low scoring that it's going to be hard to cover that number, though. I think that Georgia, to your point, Albert, is going to be able to come out and have a good defensive performance. I also still have my question marks with Stetson Benner. Maybe that makes me just a little bit more bearish on him, but I think <laughs> that that is something to take a look at. And we've got to take a look at the AFC side of these playoffs as well as I really think the most interesting AFC playoff matchup that we're going to be getting is this wildcard matchup between the Chargers and the Jags. The Jaguars are a one to one and a half point favorite with a total of 47. I'm going to start with you, Megan. How do you view this game? Because last time we saw this game, Trevor Lawrence had his coming out party in Los Angeles and they completely clocked the Chargers. And said, this is a Chargers team that they were a little bit shorthanded then. And now they've got their full complement of pieces. I like Jacksonville here, Greg. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars handed the Chargers their worst loss of the season. Not to mention, L.A. might be without their number one wide receiver and Mike Williams, who suffered a lower back injury during the second quarter in a game which meant nothing right. at the start of kickoff. It's it's honestly those things like it just hurts your heart because you don't want to see that. But, um, you know, also linebacker Joey Bosa, he got banged up. The Chargers. Yes, when they're healthy, are they a better team than Jacksonville? They can be, absolutely. But the Jags are hot right now. I mean, I like what they're doing offensively. I like what we're seeing out of Trevor Lawrence. I like Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Travis Etienne, Evan Ingram. It seems like the pieces are finally adding up. A lot of, you know, kind of debate in the offseason of, oh, were they spinning too much? Were they using their picks and choices wisely? I think it's showing off. Doug Peterson, a Hall of Fame coach in this league, has done a great job with Jacksonville, and I think they get the job done. I think they're, you know, they're a two-and-a-half-point dog right now. Not only would I take the points, I'd take a Jacksonville money line here. This is such an intriguing matchup because you're able to look at it one of two ways. And to your point, Megan, I know that David Baker, professional poker player and the 2020 Westgate Super Contest champion, he joined me in the last hour. He eviscerated Brandon Saley for playing his guys. You just hate to see that. <sighs> There's Russ versus Russ, and, well, the rest might have been a little bit better in this case for the Chargers. But, Albert, where do you stand on this game? Because the Jags, they come in as one of the hottest teams that we've ever seen in the playoff era. They started out, I believe it was either 2-7 and seven or 3-7, and seven, one of just two teams ever make this big of a charge to be able to get into the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Chargers seem that they were looking healthier until the Mike Williams injury. Megan, I don't know what happened at the turn of the new year, but we are disagreeing on every single <laughs> game today. Um, so I'm going to lean the Chargers. So this line opened up at minus two and a half. It's going to one and a half. It's probably going to get closer to pick them because the Jacksonville Jaguars, fully agree with you guys, have been the hottest team. They've been in playoff mode for basically for the last month. Yeah. They know what to do. They know what it takes. 
even though their players are young. I think there is a coaching disadvantage here. Doug Peterson's been there before. We don't know anything about the Chargers. Brandon Staley here making a lot of mistakes. But honestly, that's the Chargers in a nutshell. Every single year, every single week, there's something that goes on with this team. And the one constant, the one consistent performer, Justin Herbert, a.k.a. the next Dan Marino, we got to see the, the the next coming this this weekend, right? And I think being the number five seed outside of the number one overall seed who got to buy in the AFC and the Chiefs, I think the number five seed is the best uh, the best seed to go into this playoff bracket. And I think if the Chargers can get this done, I think they're a sneaky pick, guys, to make the, the Super Bowl, to be honest, because we know they have the talent. Uh, if they can just put it all together, and I think if they get through the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're only going to get more confident. So give me the Chargers at minus one and a half. And I do think that if the Chargers are able to overcome this game, they could be very feisty moving forward in the playoffs. So I don't disagree with you, Albert. And I think that it's just so interesting to take a look at this matchup because last time the Chargers faced off against the Jaguars, they got completely clocked in. Just fascinating to take a look at this team, the Buffalo Bills. We all know what they've went through. And I mean, man, that is a story in and of itself. And now they find themselves as 10 and a half to 11 point favorites against the Dolphins team that we don't know who they're going to be throwing out there at quarterback. I will throw this to you, Megan. How do you view the Buffalo Bills both in this game and moving forward? Because they've got an X factor that you really can't gauge. And it's a situation like we've never seen before. Unfortunately, it seems like this one is going to have a happy ending. Yeah, look, I see the Bills in the AFC Championship without a doubt here. Buffalo, uh, obviously today, I think, was an emotional game. Anyone who watched it, um, who has a heart, I think, got the chills, you know, just what they've been through this week. I mean, I put John McDermott up there for, for coach of the year, just for what he's had to go through and this, what this team's endured. But given that, I mean, this Bills team is good right now. I mean, they're, they're looking like elite football talent. Josh Allen's looking great. And look, hey, right now, though, Dolphins are a 10.5-point underdog. That's too high. I'd lay the points with, or I would take Dolphins plus 10.5 right now because I'd expect that number to shorten. We don't know who's going to be under center yet for Miami, but to me, that doesn't really matter when we've seen them play uh, twice because, again, this is a divisional uh, battle. We've seen the Bills win by three last month, and then the Dolphins won uh, earlier in this season. This is a team that I would say you can't just expect a 10.5-point difference, even if you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So I'd actually jump on Dolphins plus 10.5 right now before that shortens. Yep, I do think that this is going to be such an interesting game. If Tua does go, that line is going to shorten to your points. So we shall see what happens there. And I know that you two are two of the best. Megan, you do great work over at Wager Talk. And Albert, you do amazing work as the analytics capper. Both of you guys, thank you so much for joining me tonight on the Greg Peterson Experience. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Albert. Yes, thank you for having us. Have fun at the game, Megan. That's going to be a great time. Oh, that is going to be a fun time. She is out there in so she's out there in Los Angeles for that. And here on the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience, take a look at the national title game and my DK Nation pick for college basketball here on Vison the Sports Betting Network. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in, and we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. 
Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Winter sports are in full swing. A Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Sunday football parlay insurance, and so much more as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Great Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network, and a welcome to all of you guys listening on Sports Map Radio as well. First night on Sports Map Radio, so hopefully you guys are enjoying what you're hearing. No shortage of energy here because I know that you guys and girls listening, you guys do everything humanly possible in your own lives, and you deserve a great show late at night that rewards that hard work and tries to make you guys a little bit of money. So great to have you all aboard. Hopefully you're enjoying what you're hearing, and you can expect that five nights a week and. Coming up next, if you're listening on VEASAN.com, if you're listening to just VEASAN in general, it's going to be a replay of the Greg Peterson experience. If you're listening live, if you're listening to a replay, well, you're going to be getting Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard, 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern for that. They're going to be recapping all that we saw from a wild week 18. They're going to be taking a look at everything that we got as well, just from the weekend that was, and we're going to be turning it forward to a great national title game, and we're going to be getting to that national title game in a few minutes. First things first, got to give you guys my DK Nation pick for college basketball. If you missed that in hour number two, because well, we've got to try to make some money in college basketball. Been on a little bit of a cold slide, lost three in a row, but 14 and six in our last 20 overall. So we're going to look to get right with this one as we go to the great state of Alabama, or we go to Alcorn State. We're going to be going with Alabama State 
With regards to the pick, though, this is 306-689, 306-690. Elkhorn State is going to be playing us at Alabama State. This is a line of between 7.5 and 8 with Alabama State being the underdog. And your total on this game, it is between 140 and 140.5. And it is a circumstance where I'm going to be taking a look at this at this line under in terms of the total as I set my total at 140, by the way, just to clear things up. Alcorn State, that is in the state of Mississippi. So just wanted to make sure I wasn't actually in Alabama. But that said, with Alabama State, I did set them as a four-point underdog. My write-up is going to be taking a look at these points with Alabama State in a game where, well, both of these teams have had their struggles in terms of shooting. Alabama State, they're dead last in all of college basketball and shooting percentage from the floor. Meanwhile, you've got an Alcorn State that team that is 355th in this category. So both of these teams in the bottom 10 in all of college basketball. But Alabama State has been able to do a better job of being able to hit their threes. 268th in the country compared to Alcorn State that is 358th in terms of their three-point shooting percentage. As a matter of fact, Alcorn State has just one active player shooting above 29% from three-point range. And it's not too terrific. And you just have more top-flight talent. When it comes to this Alabama State team, you're able to make that argument one of two ways. That means that Alcorn State has just a little bit more depth, but at the same time with Alcorn State, they've only got one player that's averaging in double figures. Now, you do have Keandre Montgomery that's coming back for them. He's been able to average 10 points and has scored 42 points in the last two games, so that does help him out a little bit. He's someone that began his career at Mississippi State, but for Alabama State, you got the best overall scorer in this game in Isaiah Range. He's been able to give this Alabama State squad 14.5 points, 3.5 boards, and it was a really good job by Tony Madlock, who came in from South Carolina State to do a good job of melding in some transfers and at the same time keeping someone like an Isaiah Range who was on the squad last season. And with Mr. Madlock, he brought his son Antonio Madlock, who has been able to do a solid job. You might know him better as TJ Madlock, 11.5 points, six rebounds per game, and it is a Alabama State squad that should be able to get to the free throw line quite a bit in this game. A big reason why I, why I can't lay the points here with Elkhorn State is that Elkhorn State is in the bottom 10 nationally in terms of fouls on a per-possession basis. They get too aggressive for their own good. It's an Alabama State team that they're neither great nor terrible at the free throw line. They're shooting about 71.5%. That's middle of the pack in terms of college basketball, and you take a look at this Alabama State team as well, and They've got some good top-flight rebounders. Among their top five scores, four of them give you at least 5.4 rebounds per game. So that's something that you can feel good about with this team as well. And for Alcorn State, it's just been a little bit all over the place in terms of their tempo as well. They're committing more turnovers than Alabama State. Alabama State, only about 12.5 turnovers per game. Meanwhile, in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis, Alcorn State, in their home games, they're committing a turnover on 25.5% of possessions. In terms of the home game metric, bottom five in all of college basketball. As a result, I do like Alabama State in this spot. I set them as a four-point underdog, getting between 7.5 and 8, depending upon your book. I like either 7.5 or 8. And with my total, set it at a 140. So at 140.5 or more, I will also be taking a look at the under. Now let's hit this national title game. We've got Georgia. We've got TCU. This is going to be a Herculean matchup with TCU, a 13-point underdog. Your total on this game, it's anywhere between 63.5 and 64. Talked about this game a little bit last segment with Megan Payton of Wager Talk, along with Albert Wynn. They join me every single week here on the Greg Peterson Experience. Always great to have them aboard. And with that, 
I do take a look at this game, and I think it's a couple too many that you're giving to TCU. With TCU, I do think that they're going to be able to hold in this game against a Georgia team that, I will say, they've got the most dominant unit in this game, and it is their defense. With Georgia, they've let up some points the last two weeks. That game against LSU, less than savory, and then they have that game against Ohio State, which was one of the best college football playoff games that we have seen in both of those games that we saw on New Year's Eve. Boy, oh boy, did they deliver after we've been dealing the year in and year out some of these clunker games that we typically see in the Final Four. And I do think that Max Duggan is going to be able to have a relatively solid performance in this one, but I don't think that he's going to be able to duplicate the 51 points that we saw against Michigan. And if you take a look back at that Michigan versus TCU game, that was not necessarily some crazy high-scoring game in the first half. Things just completely exploded in that third quarter, but the first half, things were a little bit more buttoned up. TCU had a nice lead, and they were playing halfway decent on defense. And then in the second half, we just saw a big kaboom with regards to both of these offenses, and you do have to have a little bit of concern with this TCU offense, the fact that they are currently dealing with a little bit of ailment as well. So that hurts them as their star running back and Mr. Kendra Miller, he's dealing with a injury that... Makes him pretty much 50-50 to play. He's dealing with an MCL injury in his right knee. And that leads me to believe that even if Miller does play, and I would think that Miller plays because, I mean, as our good friend Brett Musburger here at the network said on the famous movie The Waterboy, last game of the year, can't hold anything back now. I do think that Miller is going to go in this game. I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to 100%, and it could be a case where he gives it a go and he can't finish the game as well. So that would put TCU a little bit behind the eight ball because he's been averaging over six yards per carry, running for nearly 1,400 yards thus far this season. That means that Amari Demacardo is going to be the main number two guy. He's been able to give the team around six yards per carry himself, but as a little bit of an understudy, I don't think he's going to be able to duplicate the 160 yards that we saw in that game against Michigan, not against this Georgia front seven. At the same time, I do think that TCU is going to be able to get home with their front seven as well. Setson Bennett, I'm going to say it once again, he should not have been in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I mean, he's a good quarterback, no question about it. His story, him being able to take over this Georgia team, nothing short of amazing he just happened to be the quarterback on the number one team in America, and it felt like they just said, oh, you get to go to the Heisman Trophy ceremony as a result. So that was a little bit strange there. But with this Georgia team, I do think that they're going to do a nice job of controlling things as well. And for Georgia, this is not a team that is just going to go out there and just completely rope it down the field like they did against Ohio State. As I mean, their main pass catcher in this game is actually Brock Bowers. Bowers is leading the team in receptions, does a nice job of being able to move the six for this team, but this is a team that they've got that two good that good two-headed monster and Kenny McIntosh along with Edwards in the ground game. Both of these guys average right around five and a half yards per carry. So I do think that Georgia they're going to be looking to utilize their ground game. I think that this is going to be a little bit of a slowdown game. I do think that th both of these teams, they are going to be looking to just really win at the line of scrimmage. And I think that this is just too high of a total. I think that this is a bit of an overreaction from what we saw from an amazing New Year's Eve of a pair of games. I think that this total should be closer to more of like a high 50s total rather than in the low 60s. So I look at the under and with TCU because I do think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. It adds value to the 13 that you are getting with them right now. I do think that Georgia ultimately gets the job done. I think that they're going to go back to back. 
for the first time in the college football playoff era. But that said, I'm willing to take the 13 points with TCU, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. And that leads us to our pro tip here for our number three, vcin.com slash subscribe for all of these. When taking a look at the NFL playoffs and the futures market, Try to gauge what you expect the road to be for some of these playoff teams and whether or not you're going to be able to extract more money via taking that future right now or if you just keep betting the money line and rolling it over. A lot of times a money line rollover can provide more value than just being able to bet a future right now. And two guys that provide a lot of money and provide a lot of value, that is Mitch Moss, Paul Howard. Follow the money on VEASAN comes your way at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern on VEASAN, the Sports Banking Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.